Hey everyone, um, hope you're all having a great week. It's actually been a full week since we did an audio in the chat, so I hope everyone is seeing great success in their personal and professional lives and had a beautiful weekend last weekend and hopefully a very productive week this week. I uh, I wanted to leave a late night, well, midnight message here for you night owls who are uh, still awake um, on the concept of Yeshua, of salvation. And we've spoken about this a little bit in previous audios. And, you know, many times in our lives, we pray really hard and work really hard in our lives to bring about uh, certain salvation, right? It could be a person who has been dealing with a health condition for a decade or two and who's looking to finally be healed by Hashem's merciful hand. It could be a person who for years and years and years has been trying to build his career and is finally, you know, at a point in his life where work can really take off for him if Hashem blesses him with a few things. Uh, Or it could be a person who has a beautiful marriage and, you know, is praying to have a beautiful child to add to that Shalom Bayit. And, you know, we pray, we pray, we pray, and we do our Hishtadlut, we work to do what we can in the physical world to bring it about. And, uh, you know, God willing and thank God, you know, eventually we see salvation. And many times when we get that salvation, you know, it's so exciting. It's so, we're so thankful. It's so beautiful. It's so precious that, you know, we relish in the moment. We enjoy it. We express our gratitude to Hashem and we stay on the path of that salvation, right? So an example, using the examples we gave would be if a person who's dealing with a health issue finally finds a diet that's working for him, a diet that can actually heal his his condition, right? Where he's discovered what the problem is and what he can do to get rid of it. The person now goes on to the diet, he's excited and he's doing his thing. And then you also have the person who, let's say, is looking for that next step in his career and all of a sudden he gets an opportunity and he, he, he takes it and he starts to see progress where he's actually performing and it's being recognized. And in the case of someone who's waiting for the baby to come, all of a sudden they conceive, they're pregnant, and they're expecting. And this initial stage of salvation is so pure and so sweet and so awesome that all three people in our three examples are pretty much on a good path. Um, but what happens is with time, so the, the, the next level of salvation comes with some um, you know, challenges because it comes with change. There has to be transition at this inflection point, right? With a level up, with growth comes change. So the person on the diet now might be feeling uh, withdrawals, right? Or detoxing or through the process of cleansing and healing starts to feel physically and mentally different. And that can be very challenging. It can make him tired. It can make him overwhelmed. Who knows? But the point is, there are physical, mental, and spiritual changes happening for this person. Uh, Same thing with work, right? The person who now sees the salvation in work may have this incredible opportunity and is performing, but now instead of spending eight hours a day in work, he's spending 12 or 14 hours. Or instead of being able to turn off his brain and his email when he gets home like he usually does, now he has to keep it on, right? Now he's thinking about it more. And that could also eat into his home life, his spiritual life, right? His rest and recovery and recharge. Um, and again, it comes with this with this challenging change um, where the salvation sort of came with a challenge, you know, came with it, right? Uh, and then just to use the last example, you know, someone who's now expecting a child, you know, the wife who's pregnant is 
now maybe more lethargic and more tired and more moody. And now the husband has to kick in more at the house and play more roles and have more responsibilities in the house. And once the baby's born, oh, it's a whole different story. There's sleepless nights. There's having to be selfless and sacrifice your own energy and time and, and efforts and growth for the sake of this child. And like we said, it could be draining and it could be tiring and it could be consuming. And where I'm going with these three examples, and I, you know, I like to bring multiple examples because I think we're all going through such different things in our lives that we all might relate to one or two of them. So I want to make sure we cover it. But what's consistent in all these examples is basically a person saw salvation that they were waiting for, whether it's for months, years, or decades. And with the salvation came a change, a transition, right? An elevation of a, of a level um, that brought about some tiring circumstances. Maybe now the person is learning Torah less, right? Maybe the person is praying less. Maybe the person is doing less chesed, less mitzvot, because the person is just, you know, justifiably so distracted with what's in front of him, with the salvation that Hashem gave him. Um, And what's interesting is, on the one hand, it's okay, right? Because Hashem expects us to also live within the confines and constraints of the physical world. So we do have to go to work. We do have to support our family, right? We do have to take care of our health. We do have to have children. Um, I mean, if it wasn't for our health, we wouldn't be able to live long and do what Hashem wants us to do without money. We wouldn't be able to perform mitzvot and take care of our families. Without a child, we wouldn't be able to raise someone in the path of the Torah and have a legacy and fulfill the mitzvah of, of prolonging you know, Judaism and humanity. So the reality is that it's okay if the person now dealing with the health uh, improvement is a little more distracted and maybe not putting in so much more time like he used to into certain spiritual things. And same thing for the working guy, right? Hashem gave him his Yeshua and now he's focused on the work, but at least he's doing it in holiness. At least he's doing it with spirituality. You know, he might not be learning as much or praying as much, but at least he's working for the sake of Hashem. The same way the guy who's trying to heal his health is healing himself for the sake of Hashem. And then the last example applies to the person who had the child is also doing it for the sake of Hashem. But I think what's important to recognize is it's also a test. It's also a test. The reason why these challenges and difficulties and changes come with Yeshua, come with salvation, is because there's a test inherent in the salvation. And that test is, are you going to try to fight to keep your connection to Hashem? Because by the way, it's the connection to Hashem that gave you the Yeshua in the first place. Now, of course, some people who have zero connection still get Yeshua, and that's because of Hashem's incredible mercy and infinite mercy. But for the sake of this audio, you know, we need to acknowledge that connection to Hashem is ultimately what brings the most salvation. It's when we're linked to Hashem. So the test here is, are you going to continue that connection when you have your Yeshua, because the Yeshua comes with a lot of things that may distract you or derail you for a little bit. And the reason I'm bringing this point up is we have to be careful that the Yetzirah doesn't take advantage of it. See, the Yetzirah knows that right now you're getting the greatest Yeshua your life has ever seen, right? In each of those examples. The Yetzirah knows that the guy who's finally seeing health improvement, where the guy's finally healing his painful condition that he had for 20 years is finally improving. The Yetzirah knows that this is the greatest salvation this person's ever seen. So the Yetzirah's goal at this point is to disconnect the person from Hashem as much as possible. Is to make sure that the diet does make him tired and weak. To make sure that the lifestyle change does make him sad and, and, and a little down that the detoxing does make him feel physically and mentally foggy and drained and things like that. Because the Yetzirah knows that if he can disconnect this person from Hashem, if he can disconnect joy from this person, if he can disconnect Torah, mitzvot, prayer from this person, then the Yeshua will slow down 
and potentially even go away, right? And same thing with the person with work. He, the Yetzirah knows that if this person becomes too engrossed in work, where he's focused on work and, and, and he's completely disconnecting from Hashem and slowly forgetting to have emunan bitachon in Hashem, the Yetzirah knows he can now take that person down a notch and, 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 and minimize the Yeshua. And then the last example applies with the child as well. And by the way, this isn't to create any fear in us. And we have to be very careful that we don't perceive Hashem in this way, where it's like, wait a minute, you're telling me if Hashem gives me salvation, if Hashem gives me Yeshua, all of a sudden he's going to take it away if I disconnect. All of a sudden, if I stop praying a little bit because I'm distracted or I'm busy with things, or if I stop learning Torah because I have to do other things that are important, all of a sudden it's going to be taken from me. No, that's not, first of all, it's not true. Spiritually, it's not true. And all the greatest sages will tell you it's not true. And also, this person who's saying, what, I have to live on eggshells, I got to live on tiptoes, is, is completely falling into the trap of the Yitzhak. I want you to think that also. You see, I'll give you an example. I read something and, and, and I could unpack it and explain spiritually why it's not true, but I'd rather tell it through a story and you'll get the point. There's a story about the Besh, the Baal Shem Tov, who you know, was very, very particular about keeping all the mitzvot and the Torah perfectly. You know, he believed that because his emunah and bidahon, his trust and faith and reliance on Hashem was so strong, he knew that he had to keep Hashem's uh, decrees as much as possible. I mean, how can he, right? And one of the things he struggled with was Shabbat because he knew it was almost impossible for a person to be perfect on Shabbat because the nuances of the laws, the halachot, and the mitzvot are so... They're so detailed and so complex that it's very difficult. So through his uh, mystical abilities, he was able to connect with, um, with you know, an angel, a previous prophet. And he asked him, he said, please show me in Gan Eden, show me in heaven, in, in, in Olam Haba, what the people look like who, who have kept Shabbat perfectly. Like, like I want to see the part of heaven that holds the people who keep Shabbat perfectly. And... Um, you know, when he was taken there, he saw two thrones and they were covered in gold and jewels and pearls and diamonds. And, and, and the angel told him, he said, listen, one of these could be for you. And the other one is for somebody that you should, you should learn about how to keep Shabbat from. The, 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 this second throne has been designated for one person. And if you can learn to keep Shabbat the way this person does, then, then, then you can have the second throne, essentially, or whatever the first throne. And uh, the Baal Shem Tov was then guided and directed to that person. And, uh, you know, he sees a very humble home. And he enters the home, and he sees a person who really isn't necessarily ultra-religious or ultra-Kabbalistic, or he's not a sage, he's not a Sadiq. He was almost like a regular guy. But what he noticed about the person is that the person celebrated the Shabbat with such extreme joy and happiness so that even though he was breaching many laws, I mean, many laws, the, the, the story they describe him not even keeping the Kashrut laws technically properly, but the point is he, he, he was so intentional and wanting to keep the Shabbat properly. And, you know, the Baal Shem Tov ends up learning that this person actually was not raised um, by, by Jewish people properly. I believe... Maybe he, he lost his parents young, but the point is he always wanted to and felt connected to Judaism and yearned to keep the Shabbat perfectly and was so happy and joyful on the Shabbat and, and practiced so much haknasat or on Shabbat where he invited people in that the Besh learned the lesson. He realized, he's like, wow. He's like, I understand it. The, 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 the throne uh, that's, that's in heaven for, the, for, for this person, uh, for the way he keeps Shabbat is because of his pure heart of wanting to, 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 to enjoy and immerse himself in the Shabbat as much as possible is, is, his, is his love for Shabbat, his happiness for Shabbat. Uh, and soon thereafter, 
the Baal Shem Tov is to, to see the person with the lowest uh, 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 observance of Shabbat from the standpoint of heaven, right? And, and he sees, he sees all of a sudden two stone cold, you know, fiery dark uh, uh, thrones or chairs. And, uh, you know, the angel tells him the same thing. He says, listen, you know, one of these could be for you if you follow what this person is doing. And Baal Shem Tov says, all right, who's this person? Let me see. So they take him to the, to, to the second guy. And the second guy um, was actually, you know, very, very, very uh, religious and particular about the laws and the customs and, and was very strict to the, to the mitzvot to a point where he was depressed on Shabbat. He wouldn't move. He wouldn't leave his house because he was scared he would touch a mukseh and he didn't want to step on a leaf outside by mistake. And maybe if he moved, like he was so paranoid about keeping everything so perfect that he was literally miserable on Shabbat. He was just a lonely person that wasn't happy and joyous on Shabbat. He wasn't seeing a lot of people. He wasn't celebrating the Shabbat uh, in purity of heart. He was in constant fear. I mean, he was in constant trepidation to breach the laws of Shabbat. Um, so this person now in front of the Baal Shem Tov made it clear to the Baal Shem Tov as to what is not good to do on Shabbat, right? Which is to be so obsessed with following the law exact to a point where you're just afraid, you're fearful, and you're miserable. Um, and it's a concept that people talk about all the time. I mean, even the sages, right? Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, and then you have Rav Shalom Arush writes about in his book, the Torah and the Mitzvot were meant to be lived by, not, not died by, right? And whatever, of course, there's exceptions, the three, uh, you know, capital punishments. If you kill someone or if you do that, you, you know, you're supposed to die first. But the point is the Torah and the Mitzvot are meant to give a person life. They're meant, to make, they're meant to make a person happy. Hashem wants us to be happy. Um, and the reason I brought this up in the middle of this audio is I want to make sure that my message about the Yeshua thing isn't taken the wrong way. It, we don't live in a world where Hashem is standing on his throne and saying, I'm going to give this person something. And oh, the person stopped praying for two weeks. That's it. I'm taking it. The person stopped learning. Thought, oh, I'm going to punish him. I'm going to strike him. It's a, that's, not, that's not a true picture of Hashem. Hashem is a loving, merciful, heavenly father. Hashem's happy when we're happy. The only point I was trying to make is that the Yetzirara wants us to be disconnected um, because because he knows that if we're disconnected, we're less likely to be able to maximize the Yeshua. And, and when I said we could potentially lose it, it's because of our state, not Hashem's. When we're disconnected, we make the wrong choices. We're not clear-headed. We can't think straight. We don't make the best decisions. Our judgment isn't sharp. Um, you know, maybe our habits uh, aren't, so, aren't so good, right? Because when we learn Torah and we pray, it keeps our head clear and organized where even it affects our habits because we're just, we're thinking better. Um, so that was really the point that I wanted to make uh, in this audio. So, you know, God willing, as we continue to see Yeshua in our lives um, and, and things get a little difficult, of course, on the one hand, like we said, it's normal and it's okay. Um, the working man is expected to do what he has to do in work and, and spend the hours he needs to spend to work. He's not expected to learn Torah 24-7. It's, it's funny, it's actually in the same book on the Besh, the Baal Shem Tov, where he was saying that, you know, the working man's small attempts to do good in the world is just as great as the work of the Kabbalists, right? Because the person doesn't have a choice, right? Hashem gave him circumstances where he has to struggle for his livelihood. So the little time he does spend to learn Torah, the time that he spends doing mitzvot and saying barachot and the effort and yearning and desire he has to go to shul where he runs the second he can to listen to a class or to go to shul, that is greater and more beautiful in the eyes of Hashem than somebody who could do it all day, every day anyway. So 
So again, yes, it's, it's, it's okay that we have fluctuations in our spiritual service as we find Yeshuot. I'm just also, you know, giving us all a little motivation and strength and encouragement to, to, to face the Yetzirah and also say, but no, I will not allow you to derail me. I will not allow you to distract me. Let's not forget what got us the Yeshuot in the first place. So when we get Yeshuot and it's hard, and, and I'll use the three examples and I'll conclude with this, when the person who was praying for 20 years to have his health uh, improved and healed and his condition eliminated finally gets it, yeah, fine, the detox might make him weak and tired. And yeah, fine, the person might feel distracted and busy and not be able to, to you know, do everything he was doing. But this person should constantly remind himself every day that he has to connect to Hashem. I have to thank Hashem. I have to thank Hashem. I have to learn to I have to pray. I have to do mitzvot and, and do his best to do as, as much as he can in that day. And if he can't do as much as he knows he should or knows he could, then just, just hold on to Hashem, right? Just keep yearning for it. Keep desiring for it. Keep reminding yourself that eventually you got to get there so that the person can hold on. The person who's in work, who's working 12, 14, 15 hour days, this is real. This is people's reality. Some people are literally in the office 15 hours a day. That person just has to keep reminding himself, Hashem blessed me with this business. I'm doing this for Hashem. I'm doing this for Hashem. I'm working in holiness. I'm working in spirituality. Take five minutes. Say minha. Take 10 minutes. Read a divrei Torah. Take 15 minutes. Listen to a divrei Torah. Call, call a grandma or a grandpa to do some chesed. Check in on people. You know, this, this businessman has to, has to just keep reminding himself to stay connected as much as he can and remind himself that eventually at some point he'd like to get back into the rain, um, back, you know, take, take control of the reins again and, and, and connect to, again, Hashem in a strong way. And then the last example with the child, you know, someone who has a child and now he's tired and he's exhausted and he has all these roles and responsibilities. Again, just remind yourself, it's temporary, it's a stage. My child is growing, my child is developing. Right now, this is what Hashem wants me to do. Hashem blessed me with this child. It's a gift from earth and it's my role and responsibility and it's a mitzvah to take care of this child. However, every second that I can in my mind, even if it's just two minutes or four minutes, I'm gonna take that. Thank you, Hashem, for this child. I know I'm not praying as much as I used to. I know I'm not learning Torah as much as I used to. I know I'm not doing as many mitzvot as I used to. I know I feel a little disconnected, but I'm here, I'm with you. I'm acknowledging, Hashem, that that, that you're with me and I'm with you and that this came from you and that I, I really do wanna do more and show Hashem that you're yearning and desiring to do more and acknowledge to yourself and to Hashem that soon, as soon as you can, you intend to start adding more back in until you can get back to where you were and even go beyond it. Um, and that's it. I mean, I'll be honest. I expected this audio to be two, three, four, five minutes. I don't know how many of us lasted till the end, but, um, you know, it's just an important message we all need to know. So I wish you all uh, a very great night, a very successful rest of the week. And I pray to Hashem that we can all uh, have our own Yeshua to come uh, speedily and uh, may we always continue to grow in our closeness to Hashem, in our happiness, in our health, and in our wellness and wealth, and everything good. Amen.